Welcome back to the Film Yap podcast slash vodcast. I'm Christopher Lloyd, and we're very pleased today to be joined by your old friend and mine, Nick Rogers, part of the original Film Yap crew, now with Midwest Film Journal. Nick, it's great to see you. It's great to be back, Chris. Thanks for having me. So tell me what we're going to talk about today, because you picked the topic, and it's a very intriguing one. So one of the things that um, that I've, you know, maybe tried to make more of an effort to do of late is fill in some blind spots on things that you would think someone who has, you know, written professionally about movies for, you know, 28 years now uh, in some capacity um, had seen, but has in fact not seen. So, uh, you know, that tends to run a little bit more toward the uh, classic side of things, but certainly there are some contemporary ones in there. And it's funny because there's actually a um, kind of a tie into a movie that's out right now, uh, Knock at the Cabin. So this isn't really a spoiler for this film, but uh, one of the opening sequences has uh, Dave Batista's character uh, speaking with a little girl and he asks her what her favorite movie is. And she says, Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, which is a Hayao Miyazaki uh, film. And he says, I have not seen that one. I hope to watch it someday. And I was like, I have not seen that. I hope to watch it someday. So um, I probably have a better chance of watching it than any of the characters in Knock at the Cabin. Uh, but uh, it was just kind of funny to, you know, to know that we were going to be talking about this in a few days and and have that happen at the screening. So um, that's kind of an intro to, you know, that's a, one of many beloved films in the canon, as it were, that I have not seen. And I just thought it might be kind of interesting to talk about what some of those might be, you know, some of the things that might surprise people and what we've caught up with and how we felt about things. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, even though we are professional film guys who have been around for a while, people just don't realize, I mean, there's so many films that are out, so many films that keep coming out. I mean, I like to say that, you know, you could watch, uh, you know, 10 films a day for the rest of your life, however old you are and how long you live. And you still have only seen a small snippet of all of the film in history. Heck, that's just getting into like American Western movies, not even getting into foreign films. And, right. you know, I mean, I actually went to film school and watched lots of movies there. But, I mean, there are still tons you know uh uh in the history particularly you know more foreign films older films silent films i mean there's millions of films and you know no matter how great your your personal cinema book is there's still gonna be lots of many missing chapters so i thought i'd start with uh you mentioned a, a recent film they mentioned that that film i have also not seen that film but uh, one, uh, actually, there's a tie-in because there's a, a sequel coming out this week, is Magic Mike. I have never seen any of the Magic Mike movies. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I think, like, you know, I was out of town for the screening, whatever. I just didn't uh -huh. get into it. Um, and uh, uh, then the sequel came out. And I remember when the first one came out, people were like, no, no, this isn't just some goofy stripper movie. It's actually like a good, meaty movie. And for whatever reason, I didn't, maybe because it didn't really contend for awards, I just didn't get to it. Uh, and then I didn't see the second one. Not much interest in seeing the third one, not to be terribly heteronormative, but, you know, just instinctively, I don't necessarily want to see a movie about guys taking off their clothes. I hear that I'm missing out, but that's one of mine. 
Well, I mean, having I have seen the, the previous two, uh, and actually, it's funny. This is this could be the topic of a whole other podcast. The second one is uh, a memorably enjoyable theatrical experience because it was actually the last day that it was playing uh, in in town where I live, and it was the last show. So it was like the last opportunity to see it, and it was like a four o'clock show. It was full up with, uh, um, you know, the film's general target audience of of women um, who were, you know, hollering back at the screen, clapping along, having a great time. And it, I liked the first movie fine. It, I think the second film is better, but that was, you know, a pretty enjoyable um, kind of, I wouldn't call it audience participation, but audience engagement experience. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, we're in the oeuvre of stripper yeah. I have never seen Showgirls. Okay. Uh, one of those movies is just, you know, widely said to be one of the worst movies ever made but, made, but then people enjoy it, you know, on a kitschy level. And somehow the appeal of lots of naked people and a really bad movie that you can enjoy in a facetious way somehow has just never made it over the line of me of, yeah, I've got to go check it out. Sure. Um, I have also seen Showgirls. It has been many years since I've seen it. Um the TV dubs are also pretty amusing for the um, sort of Microsoft Paint uh, way that they cover up uh, their characters in, in in scenes where they are backstage and otherwise unclothed. Um, so that one, I would say, I mean, it's not a good movie, um, but it's certainly entertaining. Um, yeah. So if you were if you were trying to get your you know Verhoeven dance card uh, completely filled up at some point, uh, you know you, you would you could you could certainly watch more boring films. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, also on my list of you know tending to be more recent films, I've been, a lot of horror films. Just because yep. there's a lot more horror films, they've kind of got like their own distribution thing through like Shutter and other avenues now. Where so it's very easy to see all these movies that you know, either coming out on streaming or otherwise, you know, but I've not seen like, you know, any of the Megan, that movie that just came out mm -hmm. and orphan that those movies, um, the Nicholas Cage movie, Mandy, which I know is very popular. Mm -hmm. I, in terms of the Halloween franchise, I'm not sure what's the last Halloween movie I actually saw. I know okay. some people have been very enthusiastic about this last one. Um, I'll just say that my my as more and more of them have just keep coming out, even though they like definitively started killing off characters and like, no, no, they're not dead again. My enthusiasm just, you know, fell off a cliff and it's never gone up to the point where I wanted to see another Halloween movie. So I, I don't even I know the last two I've not seen. and I couldn't. Yeah. Before did you, I had to go back did you did you see the one where they brought Jamie Lee Curtis back from I think it was 2018? Yes, I think that may have been uh, okay. the last one. Okay, so there have been two since then, also with her continuing that same story. I Give them a shot. I think you might be pleasantly surprised by those two, give, uh, given given the qualms that have kept you from seeing some of the others. All right, and last for, for my kind of more modern films that I haven't really seen would be the Pitch Perfect movies. Yep. Never seen any of them, even though I, I like Anna Kendrick. Let's see. I, I've experienced the music video of her with cups or having her do that on the David Letterman show back when David Letterman had a show. Uh, you know, I like Anna Kendrick. I think she's a terrific young actress. Uh, again, just, you know, 
women singing just uh, just somehow i haven't gotten there uh there hasn't been like a reason that i have to go see those so i haven't sure i know that i've seen the first one i am without checking i am 90 percent certain i've seen the second one i know i have not seen the third and i have not seen i believe there's a spin-off show now on uh peacock about um, I believe it's actually about one of the male characters from the the films. Uh, I have not seen that either. Um, I enjoyed the first one fine for what it was. I remember thinking the second one was just felt very overt cash grab to me. Um, and I think that's probably why I sat out round three and TV spinoff and whatever else may come. Yeah. All right, well, that's kind of my list for more more recent films. What are some more recent films? That um, well, I, I sort of went to, you know, I sort of went up to the 2000s, I guess, as far as, um, you know, like the, probably the most recent. And, you know, we talked about um, the, the the anime, the Miyazaki works. Um, there's a lot of those that I have not seen. Um, I have seen Princess Mononoke. I have seen Spirited Away. I have seen The Wind Rises. I believe that's about it. Uh, so, you know, as we mentioned, Kiki's Delivery Service, Howl's Moving Castle, I have not seen. Um, and uh, My Neighbor Totoro, I have not seen, although I am, you know, familiar with that character through, you know, cultural osmosis, certainly. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, sort of, um, you know, widely acclaimed and popular anime from the last, you know, 40 to, to 20 years that I, that I haven't seen. Um, I have also not seen a lot of uh, uh, films of, of Wong Kar Wai. Uh, so uh, In the Mood for Love, Chungking Express, um, you know, those are a couple of big ones on my list of, of more recent vintage. Um, we tend to get, you know, kind of like you said, it's a little bit probably more on the foreign side of things because, you know, the access to those, you know, historically, you know, now a little bit stronger for us than it maybe had been but you know those are the ones that kind of tend to fall uh, on the wayside for me in the past um i would say the biggest one i you know maybe maybe not in terms of dollars but certainly uh awards attention and sort of the you know the coming out party for for the star who won the award that i have not seen um is girl interrupted um oh, okay which won Angelina Jolie, the Best Supporting Actress um, Oscar Award. Um, I like Angelina Jolie. I, I, I like James Mangold, who directed that film. I like other people who are in it. I just never saw it. Yeah. Uh, that's just, I mean, that that to me is kind of like the, the one that just for no other reason just kind of slipped through the cracks. Um, so, I mean, there are certainly... Um, more recent ones that, you know, that I haven't seen, but I guess I kind of was thinking about, you know, what are ones that I think people would kind of be surprised that I haven't seen. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember one, uh, you know, and I know, you know, I have made a conscious effort to kind of continue my film education. You know, I do it through sure. the really backward column, which runs, you know, twice a week. And I do that mainly just for my own edification. So it's generally breaks down to about maybe about two of those per year I've already seen and I'm revisiting, but the rest are films that I know I've not seen that I'm seeking out. Sure. Um, so to me, it's like that gives me at least 24 films a year that are new to me. 
and I know you've done something for a long time with your look back uh, movie column. Yeah, uh, th- that one tends to be. I, I I do try to incorporate ones that I haven't seen at least once uh, every year. So that's that's movies that are celebrating a twentieth, thirtieth, or now fortieth anniversary. Um, and one of the ones, the one I'm actually doing th- later this month, uh, is one that I have not seen, which I believe is a favorite of our uh, colleague and friend Matt Sosi, uh, Local Hero uh, from 1983. Um, so that's the one I'm actually doing this month, and I I have never seen it. I've seen other wow. uh, Bill Forsyth's films, um, but you know I'm very much looking forward to you know to jumping into that one and. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. not, that's one of those films. It's it, it's not what you would call a super popular film, but I guess you would say amongst film lovers, sure, it's it's it's, it's you know a touchstone. So yeah, that'll be a great one to see. I'll be very interested to see what see your read your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um. So getting into older films, which obviously were there more opportunity. Um. Touching on the the the, the foreign stuff. I mean, I've had a pretty good film education, formal and otherwise, but. What tends to happen is with big genres is like you will I will have tended to see like sort of quote unquote the the top line stuff, but maybe not the other things like French New Wave, uh, you know, Godard, Truffaut, those sorts of things. Yeah, I've probably seen a good chunk of it. You get into some of the smaller um ones, maybe not so much. Japanese films seen a lot of Akira Kurosawa. Um uh not so much like Ozu. Like I had never seen Tokyo Story, which gets put on a lot of best mm-hmm. of, of all time lists. I finally caught that a few years ago, um, you know, um, Italians and things like that. Um, but um, in terms of more like Western films, um, one good way to, to for me to do it is, is something that I've been consciously trying to do with Fits and Starts is see all of the films that have won the Oscar for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And I started that about, oh, probably 10 years ago. And I was surprised at how many of them I had not seen. Again, mm-hmm. ten older films, but I've worked through that, um, but I still have on my list. So these are films that have won the Academy Award for Best Picture that I have not seen. Tom Jones, Gigi, Going My Way, Mrs. Miniver, How Green Was My Valley, The Great Zigfield, Cavalcade, Cimarron, and Broadway Melody. Now you can see a so lot of those... That, that, to- makes, that makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> on all so, counts. Uh, those do tend to be clustered for like they're in like the first 10 to 15, you know, like 1920s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, like uh, Cimarron, I think, is 1940s or 1950s, even. Um, and actually, uh, 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 I recently made some changes. That's okay, oh, I'm sorry, that's 1931. I think there was a remake in 1960, if I've got that right, but um. Yeah, um, uh, it's amazing to me that there's that many Best Picture w- winners that, and for a lot of times, it's been you've not been able to find them. Now sure. with Turner Classic Movies and you know streaming, they're a lot more accessible than they used to be. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I mean, I, I would say my if you go back into my 40s, 50s, 60s, there's a lot of stuff that I think people would be pretty surprised that I haven't seen. Um, you know, and that probably includes like some of the top tier stuff. Um, so, uh, I guess, um, you, you, you give me a deck. Let's, let's do it this way. Rather, rather than, you know, having it be some, you know, cat of nine tails self-flagellation thing for me going through, like, why don't, why don't you pick a decade? Cause I've, 
I sort of went through and I listed the 10 that I have not seen from decades. Uh, and, and, and you pick a decade and I'll, I'll tell you the one that I think would probably surprise you the most. Okay. Well, why don't I start with the 1960s? Cause mine from that decade was one that I only really closed it fairly recently. Well, I mean, within like the last five years was the sound of music. I, <laughs> I tried to watch it some years ago and got like 15 minutes in and just turned it off. Didn't like it. And then I finally went back and I was surprised because once I get past that first minutes, I, I really enjoyed it. But that would be mine from the 1960s. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have not seen The Sound of Music. Uh, I have seen a stage production of The Sound of Music. Uh, I have never seen the movie. Um, so I, I would say of the, you know, of my list from the 60s, you know, I, the 60s is where I've probably caught up the most. Mm. Um, I would say, you know, of, of where the, the blind spots have been. Um, but that's one that's still on the list. Um, you know, if, if my mother-in-law is uh, watching slash listening to this, um, you know, she's probably scooping her jaw up off the floor uh, around around this point in time. But, um, you know, perhaps someday I'll get to it. OK. How about the 1950s? Uh, 1950s. Um. I have never seen Rebel Without a Cause, hmm. um, which is a is a you know largely considered um, you know landmark cinema of the day. I mean, I have seen other James Dean work, and there's not too much of it, but um, you know, I have not seen Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, I just caught up with a Giant recently, so I I, I have I, seen see, I've seen Giant. I, um, I saw the two James Dean pictures, but I had not seen. That one, yeah, that's yeah, that's a yeah. big one. Oh, uh, 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 streetcar just named Desire. I only saw that again within the, like the last three or four years, I think. Yeah, uh, and that's that's probably the second one on my list. I'd say from the fifties, I have also not seen a streetcar named Desire. Now, have I seen snippets of these? I mean, yeah. you you can't do what we do and not be familiar with these films or right. have seen, you know, bits and pieces of them. Um, but as far as sitting down front to back. Um, yeah, on the waterfront. On the waterfront was another one that mm -hmm. I think was the last five years I caught that one. Mm -hmm. um, 1940s. All right, here's maybe we're burying the lead a bit here. Um, I have never seen Casablanca front to back. Oh yeah, that's a giant one. Yep. Casablanca was a big film for me in my film education just because, believe it or not, when I was like a teenager, I was kind of turned off on classic films, black and white films, just because what I had seen seemed kind of, it was like, you know, very formulaic stuff. The acting compared to modern films seemed stiff. Uh, and, you know, it's like when I was like a 14 or 15 years old, I would tell you, like, I don't like old movies. <laughs> right. and, then I, and then I saw Casablanca, and it's just such an incredibly emotional cinematic experience it's just you get so swept up with those characters and that was really like the turning point for me as a film lover where yeah. once i saw casablanca i began to seek out more classic film and find out all the great stuff there um yeah that's that's definitely one to put on your your cinema yep. bucket list oh yeah for sure um so yeah there's i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of big ones uh you know as i you know as i look back i mean i think i went back to like the 1930s i kind of did like a list of 10 from the 30s through the 2000s um so but there's there's definitely some big ones in there 
Yeah, um, go, go and reel off a few few more from whatever decades you want to. Uh, well, we can do. So we we haven't done the '30s. So um, this is one that, admittedly, this one's gonna of all the ones I've mentioned. This is the one that I probably feel would be the most of a chore for me, given what I know about my interests. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. Yeah. I, and, I saw that one fairly late. I mean, it was probably, I was probably like 30 before I finally saw yeah. it. So, you know, I know that I should, you know, but that one probably of all of the ones that I have mentioned to you, that one feels on its face the most like homework to me. It is. Uh, what I always say about Gone with the Wind is there's a really amazing two and a half hour long movie <laughs> inside that whatever is four hour and 15 minute yeah. or whatever exactly behemoth um it just goes on and on and on and on and it's just you know i, I would love to see a pared down version of it blasphemous as that is to say okay. um so one of the nice things about this too is that i mean you know sometimes you see something finally and you're and you know it immediately clicks with you you know you're like yes i get it i immediately understand why this has endured um, so as you've gone through, like, the, you know, kind of filling in some of these blind spots, what, what were some that, and they can be some of the ones that you've already mentioned, like, what are some from recent memory that they immediately clicked with you and you thought, you know, yes, I, I totally get it. This has not lost any of its appeal over time. On the waterfront was a big one for me. Um, just because again, it, it just hits you like such a wallop. The kid, the, you know, like every, there's so much good acting in it. That's just like almost every scene is just a masterclass. That's one that really, really resonated with me where it was like, you know, a film that absolutely lives up to every bit of hype that it's received. Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you one that did not was, I mentioned sure. it earlier, was, was Tokyo story, which okay. was very much, you know, beloved film. A lot of serious film critics say it's the best film ever made. And I struggled to get through it. I yeah. really, really did. Okay. So I wrote down five that I've seen in the last, I'd say, five years or so um, that, that really jumped out. Uh, so last year, for the first time, I saw, um, I had seen pieces of this one, certainly, over the years. Um, Once Upon a Time in the West, mm. uh, which I saw for the first time front to back last year. Um, fantastic. Um, Night of the Hunter is another one um, that that one I I mean I knew of it but I had not really encountered bits and pieces of that. Um, uh, two from the 1930s. Uh, one was the original The Invisible Man, mm. um, which is incredibly dark uh, for uh, for its time uh, in in very memorable and effective ways. And you had mentioned Westerns, and I know this is, you know, this is a genre in which you are certainly better versed than I am as far as the classics go. I had not seen uh, the original Stagecoach until maybe about three or four years ago. Um, and, and, you know, talk about the Fury Road of its day, right? Uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, even now you watch it and you think, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. It is. It's very intense. Um, and then uh, the, probably the biggest one on this list, and, you know, of course, I had seen, had I probably seen this one in full if we piecemealed it together over the years? Yes. 
had I sat down front to back and watched it until I saw it in theaters a couple of years ago, no, was It's a Wonderful Life. I had not mm. sat down to watch that um, front to back. Uh, and it was great to see it in a theater, um, you know, just, uh, you know, without the commercial breaks on TV or, you know, not knowing what version, you know, is it going to be the bastardized, colorized version that you're going to see? Um, so those are probably the five in recent memory that um, that when I saw them, I thought, you know, immediately, yes, you know, this, this holds up. Um, as far as ones that didn't, I'm kind of cheating a little bit. I still very much liked this film. Um, I had not seen this actually until um, last month was uh, The Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, I, 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 I didn't love it. I, I liked it quite a bit. I do think there are some aspects about it that didn't click with me as strongly as I might have expected, yeah. um, you know, because of other David Lean works that I've seen that I have loved. Um, obviously still a very strong movie, but it, but that wasn't one where when it was over, I was just bowled over yeah. like I was with the other five that I mentioned. Yeah, that's that's the movie I often cite when people demand, Chris, what's your favorite movie of all time? I say The Bridge on the River Kwai. And I can certainly see how you could have that perspective. I'll just say that for me, it's one of those movies, the very rarest kind of movie, which is every time I watch it, I, I discover something new. I take something new away from it. I think it is one of those movies you probably have to see a half a dozen times, at least before I started to really appreciate it. Yeah, that's fair. And it's funny. It's funny that that's the answer to your question about favorite movie, because for me, Lawrence of Arabia, you know, same same filmmaker, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, so it's not it wasn't a, a case of where, you know, that didn't feel like homework to me in the way that Gone with the Wind does on its face. Um, you know, and it's again, like I said, I'm kind of cheating by saying, you know, quote unquote disappointment, because it was it's hardly a disappointment. It just yeah. didn't didn't knock me yeah. over the way that I might have thought. Lawrence is, is such a great movie in so many ways, but I think it starts out as it hooks you in with visual spectacle. You're just, it's uh -huh. just it's one of those movies that's just amazing to watch on the screen. And then as you get more and more and more into the depth of the that the character goes down into, you know, it's almost like two halves. It's like the first half is visual spectacle, and the second half you just absolutely get into that character and his journey. Yeah. But I think what's interesting about, you know, kind of where, you know, where my blind spots might be, where yours are, where, you know, other of our colleagues might be. I mean, I think that's part of the beauty of it is that, you know, you know, we're, we're always picking up something new, too. It's not, you know, uh, it's, it's not like we have nowhere left to travel, uh, you know, in, in films of the past. And so, I mean, I, I think that you know, that's what's fun about it is kind of that that discovery. Um, you know, it obviously helps deepen your appreciation for, um, you know, films that you know have been influenced by those films once you see them. But it also, um, you know, it's also just kind of fun to kind of go into a corner that you, you know, just haven't hit yet and and find some treasure there. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention a film, uh, one of those ones, probably not as well known by most people, but I discovered a few years ago is Battleground. It's a 1949 war film from William Wellman. Starts Dan Johnson, Ricardo Montalban, James Arness, James Whitmore, a few others. Mm -hmm. For my money, I think it's one of the best war films ever made. 
Um, and I, it's one of those ones I wish more people would discover. It's, it's always fascinating to me as we're having this discussion about what films rise and fall over time, their reputation, okay. you know, films that I love that maybe aren't talked about as much now or films that weren't talked about that much and have just grown and grown in their estimation. Like one I love to throw out is 1987's Broadcast News, uh -huh. which I think is one of the best films of the 80s, one of the best journalism films ever ever made, and just such an incredible, great character study of three different characters that, you know, I don't know why it doesn't get mentioned as one of the great films of the 1980s, because to me it was. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, it's that's one that, I mean, I have seen that. It's been many years since I have seen it, but definitely would be in that conversation for me as well. Yeah. All right. I've got some more on my list and I'm just going to yeah. all older films and I'm just going to rip some of them off. And yep. if any, you know, jump out at you and you want to stop me and discuss, go ahead. But uh, so these other ones, um, and this is literally my list. I call it my reeling backward list. So these are films I'm trying to queue up and like, it, it's this list that I keep trying to winnow down and it just gets bigger. Right. Slaughterhouse five, obviously the film version of that um, dark star. I think it's a 1970s science fiction film. Well-regarded. Cat Baloo with uh, Jane, I believe, isn't that Jane Fonda? Jane Fonda and Lee Marvin, right? Never seen it. Uh, the original Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, Shoot the Piano Player, French New Wave film I've just never gotten. Um, the Hot Rock, never caught that. Um, Three Days of the Condor, I think that's just sort of a middling uh, espionage movie. That just... it's, it's a good one. That, that I was, I was going to say, I was going to wait and see if you got to one that I have actually seen. I, I did watch Three Days of the Condor. I, I, think, I think that one holds up quite well. Uh, Fun with Dick and Jane. Um, mm -hmm. uh, never caught that one. The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. Uh, Hitchcock. I've seen most Hitchcock. The 39 Steps, I've never seen. Oh, The 39 Steps is fantastic. I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, the Entertainer with uh, Laurence Olivier. I believe he got nominated for an Oscar for that. Never saw that. Lenny um, with Dustin Hoffman. Um, I'm actually planning to hopefully watch that within the next couple of weeks. Uh, Passage to India. Mm -hmm. uh, Boxcar Bertha. I think one of uh, Scorsese's. Was it Scorsese or earliest? Yes. Yeah. Um, the Sand Pebbles with... Um, uh, I'm blanking on the actor's name, of course, Hoosier, born here in Indianapolis. Uh, Steve McQueen, yep. um, the Yakuza, uh, with uh, and uh, Layer Cake. That's a more recent one with uh, kind okay. of Daniel Craig's breakout role that I've never. Yeah, Layer Layer Cake is is quite good. Uh, I mean, that was I remember seeing that after he was cast as Bond and thinking, yeah, he'll he'll do a, a fine job of of this as he did. So. Cool. Any yeah. other your list you want to mention? Um, let's see. Let me pick. Let me pick five. Um, so we'll do we'll do thirties through seventies. How about that? Uh, we'll pick five. Okay, from the thirties, um, M, the Fritz Lang film is mm -hmm. one that um, that I I actually own but have not yet seen. Um, the Red Shoes. Uh, from the 1940s, uh, back from the 1950s. Um, let's see. The Seventh Seal is one I have not seen from the 1950s. Uh, 1960s, um, I have not yet seen Yojimbo, um, mm. though I am familiar with the story. 
Uh, and then from the 70s, um, 70s, we start to get a little more like I've seen the ones, most of the ones that you would expect, um, you know, to have seen. Um, but uh, I have not seen uh, Stalker, uh, which is a Russian film that that um, is, uh, you know, often regarded as one of the best of the decade. So that's that's one. You know, there are certainly others and there are, um, you know, many and sundry. But, you know, like you said, it's it's it's. It's cool if you sort of look at it as just an ongoing, lifelong education experience. You're never going to see everything. Um, and that's part of the beauty of it, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And just to, just to wrap things up here, I mean, obviously, we've here all kind of exposed ourselves, offered our <laughs> like, yes, I've never seen it. Uh, but, you know, just, just to, to push back a little bit or provide excuse, I mean, you know, I know you and I both watch a ton of move, new movies as yeah. movies are coming out. Um, uh, and, you know, it's it's an occupation. It's 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 mm -hmm. an endeavor. Uh, and that's always when I say, like, why I haven't seen anything. Because it always comes down to just time. And, all right, you know, we've got this number of movies coming out this week. We've got these awards coming up. You know, I, I make a list of here's 30 movies I need to see between now and when we vote on our awards for Indiana Film Journals Association. And it's like, do that or, you know, go watch A Passage to India as much as I want to see Passage to India. And just the old movie ends up kind of falling by the wayside. Um, and that's that's just how our blind spots open up. That's right. I mean, and, and you know, although it may not seem that way sometimes you know there are also other things in our life besides movies that require attention, uh, attention and focus um so you know that that all factors into the equation but you know i mean the nice thing is that you know we'll we'll continue to have such a list for many many years to come that we can always come back to right well nick thanks so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you yeah. again we'll do this again sometime until next time, uh, obviously, make sure to go over to Midwest Film Journal. Check out all the cool stuff that gang over there is doing. In the meantime, Nick, where can people like follow you on Twitter or elsewhere? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at I am Nick Rogers. Uh, and uh, I'm also on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Um, and uh, if you want to see the day-to-day -day ramblings of the stuff that I'm watching, uh, whether I've mentioned it on here or not as a blind spot, uh, you can find me on Letterboxd as well. All right. Well, great to have you. And uh, all you out there, keep working on your blind spots because it never really stops. Thanks. See you, everybody. <laughs>